This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Guys, welcome to a brand new podcast uh, called The Real EFL Podcast. I'm sure you'll know who The Real EFL are because they are all over every single EFL club's Twitter feeds. Um, You'll have seen us, you'll know what we're about but you've never heard our voices, so we're kind of making things a bit different. My name's Liam. I uh, co-host another podcast called The Lower League Look. Probably annoyed you a little bit. I'm a Bradford fan, so obviously right now, delighted, going into the second leg of the playoffs. I have a co-host with me. Her name is Hannah. She's at the other end of the scale. Hannah, (laughs) tell us who you support. Tell us who you are and why you're not happy right now. (laughs) Thanks, Liam. I'm Hannah. I'm um, an editor for Real AFL. I um, have really enjoyed writing and and learning more about the other clubs in the league. Obviously, less excited about the weekend because I'm a Stockport County fan. Uh, We lost on Saturday to Salford. But, you know, it's half-time in the... uh, in the playoff semi-finals, so everything to play for. Everything. And we're going to come on <laughs> to both those games. Um, because what we're going to be doing is, throughout this podcast, we're going to be covering, I suppose, the major talking points in Leagues 1 and 2. Obviously, at the minute, it's the playoffs. So, we're going to focus on all four games. Nice We've got guests, guests joining us as well. And I think I think you even went to a... Did you go to I a did. League 1 game I well? went to Bolton Barnsley. I've, I've never been to a League 1 game before, so that was very exciting. Very, made to feel very welcome by the Bolton fans who gave me aniseed balls and fruit pastels, which is lovely. Usually, they say don't take sweets from strangers. <laughs> I didn't take any, just in case. But I was offered them. The thought was there. The thought was there, and it's Bolton, <laughs> Bolton, so there was absolutely no telling that they were actually aniseed balls. It be <laughs> I didn't ask. Actually, I just you know said no, thank you very politely. Yeah, well. We're going to cover all four games. So we've got four games coming up tonight, halfway, as you mm-hmm. said. We've got the uh, Peterborough Chef Wednesday game, which... Yeah, pretty much all the goals that we're going to talk about. Four in that and four in all of the other ones put together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so Peter, uh, Peterborough Chef Wednesday, we have a guest joining us for that, which is which is fun. Uh, a Peterborough fan, so nice. someone's going to be happier than He's happy. <laughs> He's very happy. Um, we've then got Bolton and Barnsley, as I say, you went to that. So I'm, I'm hoping you've got expert... 
advice. And I believe we have another guest for that section as well. Yeah, we special do. guest. And then we've got R2. <laughs> where we're going to really dissect it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I watched your game and you watched ours, did you? I watched your game. Yeah. So what could possibly go wrong? It's all fine. It's it's fine. Just, just running like clockwork. Should we jump in? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Should we jump in? So we'll welcome the guest. Do you want to introduce him or shall I introduce him? Uh, I can introduce him. It'll be let's... an extensive introduction. Go on. I want to hear this. So... Very excited to welcome another member of the real EFL family. Uh, he's called Keelan, and he's a very happy Peterborough United fan. Hi, guys. You're right. He is happy. See. So he's delighted. Um, I I asked Hannah, hoping that she would say she would introduce you because I still aren't a hundred percent sure how to pronounce your name. Um, <laughs> So I thought, you know what? I'll let Hannah get it wrong if anyone's No, I asked. I did my homework (laughs) because that's what's going to happen on this podcast. I'll do my homework. Everyone gets it wrong, so. (laughs) If everyone gets it wrong, I don't feel as bad. But how are you feeling right now? How uh, Has it sunk in what you've done as a team? Yeah, so I've got the unique perspective of um, I go to university in Sheffield as well. So I couldn't make the actual home leg. So I was watching it in a Sheffield pub full of Sheff- very happy Sheffield United fans as well. So it was a, yeah. a very surreal occasion. But no, it's not not really sunk in. I'm still on Thursday night expecting Sheffield Wednesday to win 5-0 or something. It doesn't really feel right. So you haven't booked your ticket on the bus yet? Because Lisa, I hear, <laughs> she's got some tickets available. Not quite, not quite. Not quite. So, believe it or not, Lisa reminds me of, um, and it's another playoff story. Um, Sorry, no, it's not. It was from the playoff season for Bradford. We had a pub in Bradford called the Second West. um, And she put on a coach and a hotel as a package for all her regulars in the pub. And then when tickets went on sale and they sold out, she was on the front page of the local paper complaining saying i've got regulars who can't now go to the game and i've sold coach and i've sold hotels and she said some of us have been following this football club since the wigan game that we beat wigan in the fifth round so (laughs) you you, so you followed us for three months what you're essentially saying here um it was yeah and she every time something goes wrong in bradford bradford's twitter hashtag will just have a picture of her with her arms folded and looking really disappointed on the front page um, but yeah, to, for context, the uh, the Lisa thing is a. Uh, I think does she run like a Sheffield Wednesday fan club? Yeah, or I think like some kind of supporters club, from what I could yeah. gather. And before the kickoff, she was advertising tra- travel to the final with her phone number. So if anyone's on Twitter, you'll have seen that it was just relentless. People texting her saying, you know, where's the coach leaving because it ain't leaving from Sheffield. <laughs> but. We'll get into it because we need to know really whether whether it could leave from Sheffield. It's four nil. It's half time. Um, Keelan, give us your like overall thoughts on the game. Like, how do you think it went? Well, I mean, yeah, it couldn't have got any gone any better really. But I think in the first half we did ride our luck a little bit. I know Will Norris made a really good save early on when Frankie Kent made a made an error, but. Yeah, we just scored two. I mean, the Joe Ward second goal is just... I don't know why the Sheffield Wednesday players are giving him that much space because Joe Ward is known to have a long-range rocket in his, in his in his arsenal, really. So, But second half, I thought 
personally, we just played brilliant. And Sheffield Wednesday just looked bamboozled by how we just gave it to them constantly. And I think Sheffield Wednesday were almost expecting to go into the game, put in a six out of ten performance and get a nil-nil, one-nil win maybe. And I, I think they just didn't like the fact that we went at them and ultimately destroyed them really. Yeah, you, like I came, I think I watched the first half an hour and then went to do um, a League Two preview podcast. And half it, half an hour in, Posh had made some mistakes. I think they were one 0 up at that point, and it absolutely didn't look like it was going to end with a scoreline like it did. So yeah, it, I mean, Jack uh, Taylor described it as a shock. Is that how you feel about it? We was it beyond your wildest dreams, I guess, in terms of expectations? I think a lot of, a lot of times this season, we have a performance like that in us. We've swept teams aside occasionally, beaten Burton 5-2 away from home when they were doing really well to get back up the league and out the relegation zone. I think we have that in us. It's just, unfortunately, this season, that's why we finished sixth, because we can beat teams and absolutely go at them. But at times you then lose 3-0 at home to Cheltenham. You then go at Cambridge and lose 2-0. It's just, yeah, we're just a very up and down team. So it's whatever posh shows up really. And I think I I sort of had a look into the game, um, but not only that, I had a look into your season because it's a big ask to turn around a four goal deficit for any, any team. Mm. But the signs were there for you guys to score four goals because that is the fifth time this season you've scored four or more in a game. Like, that's that's unreal. That is ridiculous. I don't think there's any other... I mean, maybe Ipswich, maybe Plymouth, but those were obviously a, a level above anything else in that league. Um, no one else is scoring four or five goals in a game, but you guys have done that. Uh, on the other side, you've conceded four or more twice this season. Uh, there was There was... The Papa John's game, which was Chelsea under twenty ones, and then there was Bolton. Um, so those are those are signs that you are there to be taken, I suppose, in the in the return leg. But I think the thing that shocked me the most about the game on the stats was that if if I didn't know the score, every stat pointed to this being a very close game. It, it was neck and neck. I think you had Chef Wednesday had more shots. You had, they had 16, you had 13. But out of those 16, they only had three on target. You had six. So you were a lot more clinical. The two things that really stand out on this is four individual scorers, which you want your goals coming from everywhere, don't you? Like Hannah, you'll know from watching your team, it's so hard when you've got yeah. a player to rely on and then you know they get injured. And then they're not there. And then yeah. they're not there. And then you end mm-hmm. up in your position, but we're, we're in a similar position with us. If we lose Andy Cook, we're going to be yeah. in a really bad way. Um, I, I watched parts of the game, then I was on the podcast with Hannah, so I, I jumped off, but we, we kept tracks on it, and I've watched the highlights. Now, for me, the first two goals, they, they were lucky, and what I mean by that is the keeper's got to do better on the first one, and the second one takes the deflection, but those two goals took it out of Chef Wednesday. Yeah. The third and fourth goals were just comp- well, they were like mirror images of each other, weren't they? Both of them came from either side. The the third goal was a counter attack, unbelievable ball crossed in, uh, and it was Poku, wasn't it? Is that his name? Now you say Poku, uh, Poku, Poku. Poku. Oh, <laughs> I'm from Yorkshire, so don't yeah, yeah. We, we always like to elongate letters, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it, it, a, a good finish. And then the fourth goal, 
keeper makes an unbelievable save, but then the defence just falls asleep and it's, it's four. Going into this second game, do you do you think you've, I mean, you've surely got to think you've done enough or are you still thinking, hang on, let's just not really mess this up because it could be the most embarrassing time ever, really. <laughs> Can I just add some stats from my research as well? So I looked yeah. at the other side, I looked at Sheffield Wednesday um, and I'm a, a stats geek, you'll learn this kind of over, we continue with this. Uh, so Sheffield Wednesday, by contrast, have never won more than 3-0 at home. They've got a brilliant home record, but even then their 3-0s were against Morecambe and Accrington. So not, you know, massively um, the same in terms of the uh, the competition. So, gone. sorry, just wanted to add that in before you answered. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's going to be an interesting one. I think it's really how we manage the first 10 minutes or how we set up, because I think from... You know, Darren Ferguson isn't really a manager that will name five at the back and go really defensive at Hillsborough. I think personally, we go out and try and rattle them even more. And if you, the thing, what, what would happen if we score within the first 15, 20 minutes at Hillsborough, the atmosphere in that ground is going to be so toxic. It was incredibly toxic at full time at London Road. But it's all about how we manage the game. If we went 1 0 down after five minutes, I'd, I think, I don't know, I'd be watching. I I'm, mean, I'm, I'm going, but I'll be watching with my head and my hands and not being able to, <laughs> to really pay attention to it. But as you mentioned, the, that Bolton defeat, we lost 5-0 and Bolton didn't really play that amazingly. They just were very efficient in front of goal. So teams can do it to us, but it all depends on how Sheffield Wednesday play, really, because you imagine their confidence will still be pretty shot from that game. So Ferguson said that there's no complacency going into the game on Friday. With that in mind and with the scoreline as it is, if it was you, would you rest anyone, give them a break for potentially a final? Uh, I think at the moment, obviously off the back of the 4-0 win and the 2-0 win at Barnsley, it's been a very consistent team. Personally, I think you, I mean, there's been quite a long break. It's not until Thursday the game the game is on Friday. I personally don't really see a need to change the personnel, really. And as you say, our attack at the moment, Ephraim, Mason, Clark, Poku, Jack Taylor, Burrows, and then Clark Harris is League One's top scorer this season. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really get a mention our attack at the moment. He just seems to pop up with the goals. It's our attack at the moment is is yeah, they're all they're all on form really. So it'd be interesting. And I think speaking about, you know, maybe trying to rest people, uh, you obviously want your best team fit for the final. You only made one sub in that yeah, game. Yeah. Ten of your players played the full 90. Um, so fitness is obviously not an issue for you guys. Has that been something that for the whole season has never been a problem? Because obviously you changed managers, didn't you, during the season? You you, you, you brought it brought back for, I don't know what number stint uh, this four. is. Is this his fourth? Oh, is it his fourth yeah. official or is it four in total, including interim? Uh, who knows how many interim? Oh, <laughs> I think four. I think four is the number. Yeah, they didn't even take Ferguson's name off the doors. They said there was just no <laughs> point. It, it was it was more like a, just an extended holiday. Um, but you know, he's come back and he's he has pushed you guys on. But has fitness always been there? It was just a bit of complacency, or has he turned you into a a team? Because sometimes it is it's. You can't make your players the best in the league, but what you can do is make them the fittest in the league. And sometimes mm-hmm. the fittest players and the fittest teams are the ones that get over the line. 
has it always been that way or have you changed your style to become that i think really when since fergie's come in really we've had some disappointing defeats but i don't know whether or not and this isn't a a slight at grant mccann at all but i think darren ferguson when when he walks into the building i think he demands a bit more respect if you get what i mean and i feel like a lot of these players have won promotion under him before we finished second last time when he was here up to the championships i think a lot of these players really believe in Darren Ferguson and players like Efron Mason Clark, Johnson Clark Harris as well, under previous managers, has been slight at times he's not been very mobile on the ball. And he seems to have really improved on his hold up play. Everyone seems a lot more a lot quicker and a lot more up for it. Especially I mean Jack Taylor's been absolutely unbelievable since Darren Ferguson's come back. He just he seems a man possessed. Whereas before under Grant McCann and under previous managerial regimes in the championship there was a slight I don't know that there was there wasn't enough belief in the group and now I think it's there and it's thankfully it's come right at the at the perfect time mm-hmm. really you're going into the playoffs and you mentioned that obviously you've come down from the championship how important is it for you as a fan to get promotion and get straight back up there um I think it's important really because if we don't I mean it's not the end of the world if we don't if no. we don't get promoted, because we're Peterborough United, we're not we're not a Championship football club. I think it's a bit ludicrous to expect us to be competing in the Championship with the high budgets in that league and the, mm. the teams that drop down. But I think it's important as a fan, really, because if we maybe don't go up, it's obviously an achievement to get into the playoffs. But I think we lose players like Ronnie Edwards, Jack Taylor, Efron Mason Clark is probably wanted by Championship clubs. Joe mm. Ward's out of contract and probably at the moment in time, could get a bigger move. So I think it's important as a fan because if we don't get promoted this season, then there's a, there's a likelihood Darren Ferguson might not stay. Yeah. I mean, he'll come back for his fifth spell if not. <laughs> I think it's a case of there'll be a lot of uncertainty in the building if we weren't to get promoted. Mm-hmm. But yeah. at the same time, it's just, a, it's just great being in the playoffs, really, because when Fergie came back, we were staring at about eighth or ninth in the league, really. Yeah. But I suppose that shows the ambition of your owners. You were staring at eighth or ninth in the league and that wasn't good enough. So they, so they knew what they wanted to achieve this season. I suppose looking back, or not even looking back, just the way your club is set up, you are a selling club, aren't you? You are a club that tries to get these players in from unknown areas or gets them at cheap and then builds them up and sells them on for a profit. So, yeah, I would say if you don't go up, you probably are going to lose some of those. But... Do you think your club will change ethos completely when Dara leaves? Because he, he keeps he said he was going to leave, then he's changed his mind and he's not leaving at the minute. But he, obviously it's coming at some stage once the ownership's been sorted. Or do you, Are you happy to be that club that is the, you know, yo-yos between the Championship and League One, occasionally drops to League Two, but then bounces straight back and goes on? Are you happy to just always be involved in the conversation in terms of a promotion? Because that's what you always seem to be. You're always not, or at least. I think, well, I mean, one thing is for certain, it's not boring being a Peterborough fan, really, because we are always, you know, in that conversation. I think we had a few years under Steve Evans, and I don't really like to mention, but Graham Wesley as well. But we were we were doing really poorly in League One, and we do seem at the moment to be, you know, up and down from the Championship and League One. But I do, yeah, I think... I think Darren McAntony almost, whenever we seem to do poorly, he seems to threaten leaving. And I think he's quite 
I don't know. He's got a very he's got an emotional tie to the football club, which at this point, I don't think he wants to sell anytime soon. I just think. I think once it gets too toxic and there's a lot of fans that are on his back, he might he might think about selling. But that's a that's a complicated situation with the other owners as well. Yeah, it makes sense. So you've mentioned your five nil loss to Bolton. Not to bring it up again, who would you prefer to have in a hypothetical final, uh, Barnsley or Bolton? Um, yeah, but I think Barnsley. To be honest, I. Yeah, it's, it would just be so painful to get to that final. And obviously, Ricardo Santos is one of Bolton's key players at the moment. Mm-hmm. It really didn't really didn't work out for him at Posh. We're left on quite bad terms. And whenever we play against him, he seems to score and, and shush our fans. So I, I don't think I could hack that in a you know, packed out Wembley. But yeah, no, Barnsley would be equally as tough of a final, really. So Have I to think speak Barnsley- though. Sorry, what was that? You have just beaten them, though. Yeah, but they weren't. It was it was one of those games where they they tried, but you know when I think they were more focused on the playoffs, really. So it, it, it'll be interesting, but yeah. obviously Hillsborough still to play. So yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> what what do you um, what do you think then? Let's let's. Are we going to do a Hannah? Do we want a prediction? Oh, because yeah, I, I, I I hate doing them. I, I, I hate predictions <laughs> as well. But people love to hear them because the one thing, although the the bad to give, the one thing people like is when predictions go wrong. When you say <laughs> something with such conviction, um, you know, like I, you know, infamously did on our Twitter when we had six games to go, and I said if we win all six games, we're going up automatics, um, and then we lost the first yeah. three of them. So, yeah, I'm a pessimist slash realist, so I struggle. I, I can't do the whole like Billy Big Balls. Yeah, we're gonna smash Soul for three 0 in the next leg, but I, I enjoy hearing other people's opinions. So, Keelan, what's your prediction? Um, yeah, I, honestly, I think we might go to Hillsborough and and lose. I, I don't know. I think realistically, we were off the such a high of a four 0 win. Mm-hmm. Sheffield Wednesday can't play as badly as they did at London Road. I'll, I'll go. I'll go two one Wednesday in the second leg. We'll still go through, but I think Wednesday will get a narrow win. And that's a that's a great for you guys. That's a great season, isn't it? To get to oh, Wednesday yeah. to have to have beaten Sheffield Wednesday, who let's let's be honest, probably could have snuck into those those auto places. And yeah. you know, they look at the points that they got. It's it's insane that there is such a gap really between the playoff teams. But you're there. Congratulations on the first leg. Let's see what you do in the second leg. We don't have a Chef Wednesday fan coming on, so we can both say we hope you win. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know whether we do. I'm not 100% sure if that's the stance we're going for. But, no, we'll uh, we, we, look, whatever happens, happens. But good luck in the uh, in the second leg. And if you get to the final, we'll have you back on. We'll have a yeah, nice chat before. Well, <laughs> well Keelan, thank you. so much, Keelan. Very much right, for coming thank on. You. Thank you. So, 19 points between Sheffield Wednesday and Peterborough. Four points. No, five points between Bolton and Barnsley. So, it was a lot closer. It, it's Yeah, it, it's strange though, isn't it? When you look at the season as a whole, like like I just said then, the difference in points from that first playoff team to the, mm-hmm. the last playoff team is astronomical, really. Yeah, Compare it to League Two. 
Oh, yeah. We're going to come on to that soon. Like, that was neck and neck until the very, very last game. You guys finished on 79. Salford finished on 75. Four points between all four teams. Um, Yeah. And there were times in that last game that we that whoever we were playing in the playoffs changed as yeah. the scores changed. It was that close. The beautiful thing about it though was that the four teams never changed. We no. all we, we all stayed the same. We just moved about. Um, yeah. But but we will come on to League Two um, because before then we need Hannah's expert opinion and expert analysis of Bolton versus Barnsley. And I'm all we're also bringing in our very special guest. Oh, he's here, isn't he? He is oh, here. I forgot he was here. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, there we go. So, guys, we are, we well, yeah. are joined by Gary. Tell, tell us who you are. I'm not going to say it. You need to tell us. Uh, I am a completely irrelevant Lincoln City fan uh, who's been brought on to talk about a playoff race that we were never troubling. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Part part owner of the real EFL, Lincoln City fan, and somebody probably the only person in the entire chat who really doesn't care who wins in the playoffs, <laughs> to be honest. So, I'm, yeah, nice and relaxed. Oh no, I think surely you do. Who would who do you want? You must have a team you want to come up from League what League Two. Uh, yeah, I'm not just because you're here, but it's Bradford because obviously there's a there's a link between the two clubs, isn't there? Yeah. Um, I'd, I'll take Stockport because there's a little link there as well because obviously we were both relegated in 2011. Yeah, just um, rub it in. It's fine. Yeah. But I don't want I don't want Salford to come up. <laughs> and Keelan can say what he wants. I'd love Sheffield Wednesday to Tonkham five 0 because Peterborough put seven past us this season without replying. <laughs> well, it's just got a little bit toxic, hasn't it? With you know what are we with twenty five minutes into the episode and uh, yeah, the League One expert. I know, I know. <laughs> so between you guys, then obviously. Gary, you've followed League One all season, being a Lincoln fan, so you've seen both these teams play. I've not seen much of these teams, but Hannah went along to the game, which is dedication because I wouldn't want to be seen in Bolton, even if my team were playing there. No offence to any Bolton fans, but that's just... I've I've not got good memories of going there at all. So, Hannah, we'll we'll come to you first. All right. The game, what was your overall thoughts of, of the game? So, I mean, as far as a playoff semi goes, the atmosphere was great. They had, I think, 23,000. After the championship uh, playoffs, it was the the next one down. And then Bradford, but we'll get to that later, obviously. Um, As we said before, Bolton uh, finished five points below Barnsley, so relatively tight. Um, and but then in form, Bolton have been much better over the last five. I think they've only lost one, uh, whereas Barnsley have only won one, um, and obviously had that last loss to um, Posh on the last day of the season. Previous games uh, in October they drew nil nil, um, and in January Bolton won three nil. I think that tightness was really apparent in the game. They were fairly well matched, uh, reflected in the scoreline. Interestingly, though, Bolton seemed to dominate in terms of possession. Um, I think stats was 62% and double the amount of passes that Barnsley had. But then on the other side, Barnsley have got these kind of really clinical sets pieces, which meant that their shots, like 19 versus Bolton seven and five on target versus one. So there was that gap there, but watching it kind of as a neutral, I think most of it, particularly in the first half, was played in the middle of the pitch. 
wasn't really much going on and then both go- goals were scored in five minutes so there's like a little bit of flurry of excitement and then yeah. back to passing it around I think it'll be interesting going to the next point both managers after the game said that they were encouraged by their performance and thought that they were going to win on the away leg so or, or home leg whichever way you look at it and one thing that was really interesting was that even Ian Everett said how much the posh uh, Sheffield Wednesday scoreline affected his players going into it. And I don't know whether that was because they could, you know, it was almost like that could actually happen to us. We could be faced with that going into the second leg or whether it just brought home to them what was at stake for a team like Sheffield Wednesday to have that happen to them out of nowhere uh, you know on paper so I thought that was quite interesting but yeah both of them think that they're going to do better away and I think not only that on the flip side of the coin it would be if I'm a manager or a player at Bolton or Barnsley I'm thinking before any of those games kick off if we get to the final we're most likely going to have Chef Wednesday that's the harder Mm -hmm. game and now I'm thinking we get to the final we've got Peterborough and those are two (laughs) no offense no offense to Peterborough but they're two different teams and I'd fancy my chances a lot more. So, Gary, for you, what's been, when you've seen these teams this season, which team would you say has stood out the most to you? Which team do you feel has really been the better of the two? I think watching them against Lincoln, it's a little bit unfair because we played Barnsley um, early doors, beat them 3-0 in the Mickey Mouse trophy, the um, the you know, the group stage thing. Um, and then we beat them 1-0 at their place when we did to them what they did to Bolton. So we go there, we let them have the ball, we let them have possession. They weren't that great when they were in possession. They were great. You know, they're mm-hmm. a team, I think, that are happier out of possession as we are. We're just better out of possession. Um, so we we beat them in that game. They came to us towards the end of the season when they were on their really good run. And again, they didn't particularly impress me. Um, I think Herbie Kane was just coming back from that, a player that I really like. Uh, yeah, James Norwood doesn't do anything for me anymore at all. I don't think he's a League One quality striker. Obviously started on the bench against Bolton. Um, so, uh, you know, Barnsley are a little bit of an unknown quantity. Um, I think in terms of Bolton, one of the only teams in the top six who have actually beaten Lincoln. Peterborough beat us twice, Bolton beat us once. We didn't lose another game. I really passionately dislike Bolton Wanderers um, because they're a, they're, a, they're a nasty side in the image of their manager. And having been a Lincoln fan and supported nasty teams in the image of their manager um, time and time again, I appreciate how successful it is. Ian Ever is, I'm not going to swear on this, he, he, he's, he's a, a gentleman's rear, we'll say. Um, but he's great at what he does. They've got a really good side. Dion Charles is, is is really dangerous. I'm not that sold on Alice Kachunga. The boy from loan from Liverpool, Connor Bradley, has got a bit of magic in him. They were below par in that first half. Barnsley weren't. Barnsley executed a game plan, but for the fumble from Harry instead, it would have been 1-0. They would have got the result they wanted. Mm-hmm. That goal's a lifeline because for yeah. me, it gives Bolton Wanderers. They can go and they can they they can go and they'll expect Barnsley to come out. And as soon as Barnsley have to come out at Bolton. I think it gives Bolton the advantage. It was a very, very well-worked goal as well by Barnsley. The, the first goal, you, to, to be able to put that ball through that box. I mean, I, th- I think I counted eight players in the box and left foot into the bottom corner. It was Cadden, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but I think the thing that really stood out to me on this was how 
quickly Bolton responded because teams in the playoffs with the pressure, you're going to go one way or another if you concede. You're either going to crumble or you're going to really go, do you know what? We've got no choice now. We're at home. We've got to get something here because we don't want to take a 1-0 defeat to it back, back, oh, sorry, to, to the away game. Um, what did you make of Bolton's goal? Because I'm a little bit conflicted on it. And Hannah, you were there. So we, you sat with the Bolton fans, I'm guessing. I sat with the Bolton fans. Yeah. So they'll have obviously had a view as well. Do you think the keeper needs to do better because he parries it straight out? Or do you feel the defender that's between the keeper and the the guy that's crossing it in, do you think he's in the wrong position? Because he kind of left a gap. And I, I felt like maybe he could have been a little bit closer to the post to close that gap and cause the, def- cause the winger sorry to cross it in more central. Um, I don't really know who's to blame, but I feel like there is someone who needs to take blame for that goal. What do you think? You don't know. <laughs> Anna has no idea. What about you, Gary? Did no you, idea. Do, do I, you think... I think the keeper's got to do better. I want, I want my keeper to be doing better there. Um, there, there is partial blame on the defence. Like, it's just a really bad goal from a team who actually um, have defended quite well all season. It, it, it's yeah. just a lifeline. You score a goal away from home in the playoffs. You know, Everybody knows from Sunday League to Pep Guardioli, you can see the goal keep it tight for five minutes. And I'm quite surprised because I think Eastead only came in in February, didn't he? I think they'd got their Bradley Collins in who was at Chelsea um, and he always looked a decent, competent keeper. So I was quite surprised. When you change your keeper in the middle of a season, for me, you know, I think it takes them a while to get kind mm-hmm. of settled. I like to see mm-hmm. a keeper and a back three for 40, 45 games a season, bar injuries and suspension. When you yeah. change the keeper, I think it just puts a bit of a question mark over. For me... If Barnsley do go through, they look to me like a League One team still. They still need another season on the boil. And I think Mickey Dove's the right bloke. I think he's perfect for the job there. I think he's doing a good job there. I think it would be a season too early. And I think that goal probably is a fine example of kind of that that belief. You know, it's just a little bit of naivety. I don't think Bolton would have done the same had they scored first. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you both some some little stats that I found here because Hannah's Hannah's the stats one that's fine she, you can be all over the stats Hannah but yeah, I like to I like I like to randomly pull some out so Barnsley have drawn eight times this season seven of them away so uh. we're not going to be getting a draw in this return like I just I cannot see it it's going to be yeah. one way or another but they've only lost six times at home all season. However, one of those was a 3-0 Bolton win. So I really don't know how to predict this because Bolton, if you look at their stats for the season, they are better at home than away. But when you throw in that they've already been to Barnsley and put three past them, it kind of throws a spanner in the works. And I don't know who is going to take this. I'm going to get both of you to predict because I think it's funny to see how you're reacting to it. What are your predictions? Do you have a team that you think is going to do it? And, and you know what? And not just that. Is it going to be outright or are we going to see penalties? I don't think there'll be penalties. I, Mickey Jeff said afterwards that he thought that they just shaded it, um, and but said, which was odd, they need more, a little bit more luck or a little bit more quality, which didn't really fill me with loads of confidence. Whereas Everett's talking about a way they'll have more space to play in, it'll give them more opportunities. 
So given that start, which I didn't know about, so you're already 1-0 up on the stats, I'm probably going to, well, I am. I'm going to be definitive. I'm going for a Bolton 2-1 win. Oh, that's going to be nice and Barnsley fans. I've been on the wrong end of Barnsley fans before, but it don't matter. <laughs> they, they can't get me through a through an ear phone <laughs> or whatever they're listening on. Um, Gary, what about you? What about you in this? What What do you think is going to happen? Are you going to go with Hannah or are we going to have a head-to-head here? We're not going to have a head-to-head. Um, I had some stats as well, but now I've written them down that they sound wrong. So I'm going to put them out there anyway. And if they are, I can get shot down. Um, I've got Bolton as conceding fewer away goals than all but two of the other teams in the division this season. So I think that they're quite tight away. Barnsley are liable to collapse at home. They've conceded three or more at home on four occasions against Wickham, Bolton, Posh and the mighty, mighty Lincoln City. Um, <laughs> and I think that I think that can happen. I mean, OK, they went I think they went a man down against uh, Bolton and they went a man down against us as well. So there are kind of you know fundamental reasons behind that. Um, Barnsley have got to come out. They've got to have a go. I don't think that they've got the players to come out, have a go and keep it tight as well. We saw that in the defence. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm with Hannah. I think it's a Bolton win. I think Bolton are one season ahead of Barnsley in terms of their development. Uh, I think they've got some great players. I'm going to put it as a, Barn, a Bolton win rather in normal time. And I'd stake, I'm going to stake my house because I share it. Um, I'll stake my precious collection of Lincoln City shirts on Bolton beating whichever of the two teams come out of the other semi-final. Mm-hmm. And I'm even going to go further and say you were worried. They were thinking, but worried about facing Sheffield Wednesday. I think anybody in League One would love to face Sheffield Wednesday in a one, like on a two-legged game. In a season, mm-hmm. Sheffield Wednesday gets a head of steam going. Darren Moore, for me, and he proved it at West Brom, on single matches, isn't a tactical genius. He's a nice guy. But I think Sheffield Wednesday have got a soft underbelly. The Peterborough result was always on the cards. Peterborough have got a soft underbelly as well. And I think Bolton can expose either of them. I think Bolton are going to the Championship. And I hate it. <laughs> at least you won't have to play them. Yeah, Yeah, there is that. So you've you've just mentioned something there, and this is kind of going off, but I like I like to do that, and I think you know we're going to learn that. Um, You mentioned Darren Moore being a nice guy. For me, that doesn't work as a manager overall. He's got he's got a very low ceiling as far as how he can go, Um, and there's there's quite a few managers that are like that. Stuart McCall when he was at Bradford, very nice guy because he's a Bradford legend, but he wanted to be everyone's friend. That's why it didn't work out. Another one that was mentioned was Greg Abbott at Carlisle randomly today. We had that conversation. Too nice. You've you've obviously got your manager. We've got our manager. I don't believe our manager. We've got Mark Hughes. He's not too nice. If he wants to annoy someone, he's going to annoy them because he's the man that really can and he can command the respect back. Dave Challoner, I know, will openly just say yeah. it how, how it is. What's it like? I want I want a Lincoln. I know this is a playoff thing, but I just want a little summary for you from, from you for Lincoln this season. And what do you think of your manager? Is he the right guy for you going forward? I haven't looked at your season, I'm going to be honest, right now. Um, yeah, let, let's pretend we were in the playoffs two years ago. So I'm here having with a, with a perfect playoff um, experience. I say perfect, we lost. Um, yeah, I mean, Mark Kennedy is, he's actually the blend because I think that you can be you can have a nice persona. You don't have to be an Ian Everett moaning about the referee all the time. And, and there's a couple of other managers who, who don't spring to mind at the minute. You'll really get under your skin. You don't have to be that. You can be respectful to opposition. Um, you can re- restrict your talk to your team. You can restrict your talk to things you don't influence. 
But Mark Kennedy does that without that kind of softness. Darren Moore could be anybody's granddad or anybody's dad. He's got that kind of, oh, you, you think oh, he'd be great at a Christmas party. He'd be the first one cracking open the Ferrero Rocher or whatever. Um, and that isn't good as a manager. With Mark Kennedy, what you get is you get the respect, you get the, the dignity, um, but he will say it how it is. He won't call players out, but he's kind of got that that a little bit of steeliness. I've, I've obviously dealt with him away from um, the football club. People won't know this uh, particularly, but I did a live podcast with him and I, took, I gave him some questions and I said to him, you know, are you happy with these? And he said, Gary, I am happy with these, but I'd like to talk to you about something that um, I, I want to get off my chest beforehand. And he took me to one side to discuss something else that I'd written. Perfectly amiable, but a nice guy wouldn't have done that. And I think, um, yeah, so I think he's the man to take forward. I think that's the blend that football clubs need going forward as well. So he's the right man yeah. for us at the moment, without a doubt. And we'll be covering Lincoln over the coming season, obviously still going to be a big one. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to do a playoff with you next season and you'll be in it. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, Gary, thank you for joining us. Um, that's the end of the, the League One section then. We, we've kind of covered League One. That's beautiful. Hannah, we're here. We're done. Halfway through. We are steamrolling. And now we're not only on to League Two, but we're now in our comfort zone. <laughs> Proper um, comfort zone, this. So let's, let, do, do you want me to just rip the plaster off? Rip the plaster go off. I'll it. go from my kind of very safe comfort zone. We're going to talk about League Two to yeah. we're going to talk about Saturday night. We are. Do, do you want me to give you my opinion, first of all, on it? I mean, go on. Okay. So. For me, it was the worst playoff game out of all four so far. Um, and it was just so dull. Yeah. And it, it felt like it felt like Salford needed a 1-0 win. Mm -hmm. And it felt like you guys were coasting. It, it was weird. Mm -hmm. It was like you didn't need anything out of it. Obviously, you guys have got a lot of injuries. Yeah. Um, but before we get into the game, Hannah, we had a conversation on Friday night about Salford. And I mocked Salford's food because I went there this season and I managed to get chips that were like lava <laughs> on the outside but still raw in the middle and yeah. you went and you got some chips Hannah give us just tell was I right or was I wrong no you're really really wrong they were really really good chips but one thing we did discover in the course of so there was another real FL writer who was in the Salford end He's not a county fan, I should say that. It was he was, a, yeah, he was no. absolutely fine to be in Salford End. Um, but he, I had to buy a Babs burger for him and deliver it to the home end because the away fans get better scran at Salford than the home fans. And that says a lot. That might be why I had the problem because I was Were in the fans the or the home end. Ah, well... That makes sense. Um, I, I'm, so now I need Salford to stay down and technically Bradford so I can go back just to try <laughs> the chips. Although I suppose I could just go watch you Salford, just go to Salford. Next season. Yeah. yeah, it's not too far. Um, no. But the game, look, it, it's... It, it, like I say, it was, it was very, very blah. There's not really yeah. many things about the game that stood out for me. No. It felt very much like our pre-clicking performances so you know we didn't have a great start to the season by any stretch of the imagination and actually ironically it was the Salford game in October where I felt like it started to click and we won 
we started, it felt like the team was starting to gel. Everyone was working well together. And it was the beginning of that run into December and then January, there was another little blip and then we had a really good run. So it was painful and it was what, but it was the same problem and that it was a team who were not necessarily used to big games because Mm -hmm. Again, injuries. Charlie had said that it was, and I thought this is really damning, but also explained a lot. They were the 10 most match fit players. And that suggests that they're not all 100 they were the they were the best that the best that we had, and I think it was really set up for a one uh, for a, a goal straw. And I think yeah. that probably explains why it was so dull to watch. Yeah, it would have been fair. I think a nil-nil would have been fair, but obviously it finished one-nil to, uh, to to Salford. Yeah. As look, as a Bradford fan, I know what Elliot Watt is like, and yeah. I know that Elliot Watt can put a ball in. And right. he, I mean, but he's been laying them on a on a plate all season for that squad. He, you know, he's yeah. I think the top assists in the league or the top playmaker. Top in, the in for, like in in the football league, I think last time. Well, yeah. last time I checked anyway. As of, I, he put, he actually tweeted out today. He's he's level with uh, Kevin De Bruyne, right? For, <laughs> oh, for assists, yeah. So yeah. sixteen, I think he's on. But the goal itself, and I want to I want to get your perspective on it mm-hmm. because. I've seen I've seen some county fans saying that yeah. they they think that that was a foul, in the it was a cross that came in, hands all over, head uh, well shoulder goal. I'm still not 100 sure how it went in. He says it came off his shoulder. Yeah, but do you think it was a foul? Do you think it was a goal? No, I think um obviously right wing crossing from Matt Smith and um, no sorry from um Elliot Watt and then Matt Smith up against Horsfall and they just kind of almost fell together I think it was 50-50 it wasn't a rugby tackle or anything that anyone's making it out to be it yeah 50-50 and Horsfall knows how to complain if he thinks he's been hard done to and so the most telling thing for me was that he didn't really seem to have any objection to it because if he did he would have been really vocal. He knows how to complain. So, yeah. no, for me, it's it's fine, unfortunately. But you, you know what? It's it's only 1-0. It is. And 1-0 uh, at half-time, that's fine. But Salford are better away from home than they are at home. I mean, that, it was really funny. And I'm not going to... I'm very neutral. It's all fine. We're very lucky to be in the playoffs. The ground staff were really neglectful and they forgot to water one of the goals at half time. They only did half of the pitch. Terribly um, unfortunate of them. And the pitch didn't help. We have a lovely, beautiful pitch for Callum Hendry to Mm -hmm. fire free kicks in and make the most of those Elliot Watt crosses. So we'll see. I think, yeah, one nil's fine. I hope that our tactics going in reflect an expectation that we might have one of Madden and Collar back. So Madden, Wooten and Collar between them have scored 38 goals for us this season and we didn't have any of them on Saturday night. 
Lewis, less bothered about, uh, but he might be back as well. I think, I mean, Charlie said that the way we played in the second half, so we had a change of formation, Rydell mm-hmm. came on, Tanto, it was, it was more from, so we played with one up front for the vast majority of the game, which I think probably reflects the scoreline as well. Yeah. And when the subs came on, Rydell brought a bit of pace up on the wing. Everything seemed to fit into place just a whole lot more than it had done for the rest of the game. And if that's what we're starting with going into Saturday, then I'd feel a lot more confident, especially with maybe Will Collar back. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we're, we are notoriously very tight-lipped about injuries. We don't, with the exception of someone like Carl Wooten, when you're saying, right, he's going to be out till the end of the season – when it's ones like this, there's there's nothing. We don't have injury lists published. We don't talk about it. We we laugh because there's the Friday night preview that Charlie normally does, and that help. You know, you don't do your fan hub predictions until you've seen yeah. that because that's the only time you get any kind of updates. And and even then, it's really vague. So yeah. I think yeah, hopefully, uh, maybe collar. Um, I'm not sure about Madden. Because he's been off the boil since January when we had everyone in the team seemed to have COVID. I don't know whether he did or not, but it was around that time. So hopefully it'll be better, she says, with some confidence. Some. Some. I think think the good thing is for you guys is that your fans are going to be 100% behind that team. Because, look, this is... Everybody in the playoffs wants to win the playoffs, but let's not forget this is your first season back in the EFL after right. 11 years. And this yeah. is why I don't think you deserve to win the playoffs. No, and it's fine. <laughs> and they were laughing at me on Friday night because I was very virtuous, like, oh, we're just happy to be here. But it does feel like that. You know, someone had said at the beginning of the season, you're going to finish 11th, 12th. I'd be like, yeah, that's great. Because I yeah. was not one of the county fans who was like, we're like HMS Pistol League, we're going to win the whole thing. Yeah. For, for me, top half, playoffs, fourth. That's amazing. Not only fourth, almost automatics. Like, right. it was obviously taken out of your hands on that last day, but... Mm-hmm. I don't think there would have been a better team to be trying to catch because Northampton have have history. They have form of of dropping yeah. those those points on the last game, but or, or not doing enough to get through on the last game. Mm-hmm. You've had a phenomenal season, and I, I still maintain. I said it when he was at Hartlepool last year. You've got the best manager in the league, without without a doubt. He is going to be unless he is snapped up by somebody. But I, mm. I do feel like he won't leave until the job is done. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like he feels like exactly like that. He's got a job to do. Yeah. He his heart is in it. He believes in the squad that he's building. And you know, if we don't make many too many changes, well, there are there are gaps. So we need a striker, we we need a left back. There is recruitment to be done over the summer, but we won't be in a situation in October where we've got eight new players and only three mm-hmm. that played together last year. So I think you know, set up for 23-24, we're in a much better position, whichever yeah. league we're in. Yeah. But I'd be happy with it being league two. 
Yeah, I mean, I love League Two, so, you know, I can, I can get on board with that. So give us this prediction then. And I know you don't like to do them because it's your team, but you're going to give me a prediction here for your team this weekend. And do you know what? I'll be nice. I'll do a prediction for you as well. Right, go on. So I think it's 3-0 to you guys on Saturday. I think, I, yeah, I think the crowd getting behind wow. you, I think the atmosphere, even going into it one behind, the atmosphere is going to be... Unlike, I, I, it's going to be similar to your game last season where you had to win to uh, to get promoted. Mm-hmm. I think that it's going to be that sort of atmosphere. I think that you're going to have everything that you need in place to make it work. And uh, yeah, I, I genuinely think you're going to get an early goal. You're going to get another one before half time. Second half, you're going to shut up shop, and you're going to get a third before the end. Well, I really hope so. I'm making a return to the Cheeland on Saturday. I've not sat there in a league game since County against Halifax at the end of last season. So all the stars are aligned. I would have gone more for, uh, do you know what? I want to say 2-1 to us, but then that would mean penalties. And that would be, for me, the absolute worst possible scenario, particularly at the moment. Be brave. Oh, I can't brave. go 3-1. Of course you can go 3-1. No, I've got 3 I don't, I don't believe it. Honestly, I think we'll probably draw one all. You think you'll so you think you'll that'll be it? Yeah. Wow. Okay, this could be a, this could be a horrible episode next week. I know. Well, no, I'll be fine, whichever. I manage my own expectations down. Whatever yeah. happens now, like I'll be like, oh yeah, I told you so. Or Hey, look, we're in the yeah. playoff final. So. I'm very much like that. If you bet against your team, yeah, you, you, you set yourself I up for 100% haven't done that this season. Yeah. Leighton Orient bet against us. That turned out all right, didn't it? Yep. Yeah. You've, you've been. I, we, we, I said in the preseason, I thought you were going to win the league. I genuinely thought you had well, one of the best teams. So it took you a while nice, to click. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, Bradford. Yeah. <laughs> But you must feel slightly more confident now going in one nil up. If it was anyone other than Carlisle, yes. (laughs) And for anyone who's listening who doesn't know the stats, we have not beaten Carlisle at Carlisle since 1985. Um, (laughs) I think eight out of our last nine we have lost. And I believe we've only scored once in those nine. It's not set for us to go to Carlisle and win. Don't get me wrong, we could. There's, yeah. You know, we are a team that can be broken. Yeah, of course they I are. Andy Cook could be all right. Well, this is the thing. Carlisle are the only club in the league that Andy Cook has played for that he's yet to <laughs> score against. Oh, my God. I know, I know it's horrible. So he has, he, out of all his ex-clubs, he's scored against all of them except for Carlisle. So this is the last chance he's got. He'll want to, though. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I would have liked to have gone with a 2-0. I said we need a 2-3 yeah. to, to take it. But I'll take a 1-0 going into it. The, we, we needed to not lose last night because then it would have been horrible to go into Saturday. You, you were unlucky not to be. I mean, Harry Lewis wasn't bothered at all. No. Were you unlucky to only finish 1-0 up? Um, Weirdly, I feel like we kind of set up to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I called a friend after the game last night because obviously I was I was sat there and when you're there you always think as a fan I'm looking at this through you know mm-hmm. my my 
bias. Yeah. Um, and he's not a Bradford fan. He's not a Carlisle fan. And I just said, look, just just be honest with me here. Yeah. Did we just manage that game perfectly? And he, he said, yeah. He said, like, yeah. you genuinely, it was the game plan to perfection. We went one up, a great goal by Jamie Walker. Like, the, the play, for the first 20 minutes, Carlisle couldn't touch us. Yeah. We were we were great. Um, Jamie Walker scores. He's found his scoring books recently, which is which is good for us. He had first half of the season out injured, and it took him a while to get back in. Yeah, um, puts us one nil up. Celebrates right in front of me. I can hear how you know. This is the thing with the squad this season. It's the first time in a long time we've had a squad that's been one unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look on socials that you've got Dion Pereira who's played I think five times this season he's putting on Twitter about how happy he is. And it's like, he's not even in the squad. No. So we've got that unity. And you know what? I'm similar to you. If we go up, fantastic. If we don't go up, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. We are, or we were a team in transition. I feel like we've got to where we can kind of push forward. Now, Mark Hughes was brought in on a, a two and a half year deal. Yeah. And the aim was promotion from league two and he's got another year he's got another year this is a free hit we're in a very very strong position mm-hmm. we've got a don't get me wrong look i want to go up of course yeah. I, do. I want to go to wembley i want to see them yeah. with it because i want this team to do it yeah but i put something in for anyone listening we have a weird little whatsapp which is the entire league two and league one fan base fans from all clubs that are in and, and last night i i got a bit emotional didn't i did you read it no. Oh, did no, you? Oh, Anna's, oh, you're not. You've left. You're not in the group. <laughs> right. So, so I got a bit emotional last night, and I was oh. like, I was being really nice because I said I was sat at the game, and I was looking around at the stands, and obviously twenty, just under twenty-one thousand mm. there, which twenty thousand five hundred and seventy-five, the light largest ever attendance for a League Two playoff game. Yeah, it's insane. It's it's unbelievable for for. I know people look at us and say. We've got cheap season tickets. We're gonna at some stage we're gonna have to cover that because yeah. I have a really opposing view to that. I don't think we do have cheap season tickets. I think we have fair. But last night and everyone else, yeah, yeah. Last night everybody paid twenty right. twenty five pounds. Yeah. Um, and I was sat and I was looking around and seeing the stands practically full and hearing the atmosphere was unbelievable. And I just thought to myself that whether we go up this season isn't Mark Hughes's legacy at this football club. This is. Mm-hmm. It, for the first time in years, I genuinely feel like we've got our club back. Yeah. And there's a, like our owner, our owners came in 2016. One of them left a couple of years later, 2015, one of them left a couple of years later because it turned out he was a bit of a con man. And one of them just stuck around, but he never had an interest in football. He was conned into buying the club by this other right. guy. And he's been away from the club for years. He's, he lives in Germany. And the last few games he's been at the game and he tw- he put something on his Instagram last night. He put a picture of the ground that he took himself and he just put uh, something like, I am so proud. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's finally getting what we are as a club. And yeah. there's, a, there's a real unity and everyone seems to be on the same page. And it, it's nice. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of spats between fans. And we've got two sections of the ground that like to both start their own. Yeah, chance. the corner. Yeah. So it does impact the the uh, the, the atmosphere. But mm-hmm. it's not hostile. And 12 no. months ago, it was hostile. People were 
refusing to go. We had games last season that were announced as 14,000, 15,000 attendance mm. and you looked and there were seven, if that, 7,000. Oh, really? Yeah. But do you think, so how, do you know what your allocation is for Carlisle? Carlisle have given us the usual, those little blocks up in the corner. Yeah. Um, so yeah. what's that about? I think so about, about 1600 yeah i think it's between 16 to 1800 yeah we got it in drips the other week but yeah do you think that'll make a massive difference i mean that 1600 yeah. will be rowdy but it's not going to be your eighteen thousand or whatever home funds you had last night i'm going to be honest here and it's a bit controversial but i feel like our home attendances affect us negatively mm. um and this is from speaking to ex-players and asking them about it. And they, they, what a few ex-players, they've all said the same thing. You're so scared of making a mistake at home mm -hmm. because there's so many eyes on you. And that's why when you look at, I mean, look at the league table for this year and look at the form for home and away. Mm -hmm. We are at home and away. So we are fifth in the away table. Now we were, we were top pretty much all season, two points behind top we are an away team. Thirty-nine of our points mm. have been at home, have been away, and yeah, and we've we're tenth on the home form. Interesting. So you can get uh, Carlisle's got good acoustics, though. You can mm -hmm. like, away fans can be rowdy there and and make a difference. Yeah, I, I think just have nothing but bad memories of Carlisle. <sighs> I've done it. I remember twice in a season. I think it was around two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. We played them in the. Uh, League Cup on a Tuesday night, and we lost I on Tuesday night a few weeks ago. Yeah, awful. Um, and then I thought that was the worst time I was ever going to go to Carlisle, but then we had them on New Year's Day, and I went out on New Year's Eve. I got home at five in the morning, and the coach left at seven. <laughs> and I believe we lost one nil, and it was freezing cold, the atmosphere was flat, it was foggy, it was wet. Mm -hmm. I've got no good memories of Carlisle because they haven't. We haven't won at Carlisle in my lifetime. That's not a nice feeling. I'm doing the maths now, right? Okay. Uh, so, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only other thing I was going to say, Carlisle would, I thought, noticeably better in the second half. Mm -hmm. Does that worry? Like, like us, I guess. And it's interesting that you know, both the teams that finished in what are they, sixth and seventh? beat the teams in fourth and fifth but both teams in fourth and fifth had better second halves yeah and have managers are relatively confident going into the second leg does carlisle kind of maybe getting their head around how bradford were playing in the second half worry you at all not not as such i feel like carlisle came back into that game because we let them come back into that game mm -hmm. um and I think that's because we we knew that when they got to that final third, they had nothing. Like you say, Harry Lewis had nothing no. to do. He made a couple of saves, but when you actually, at the time, you think of you know good saves, which they are, because he doesn't know he, he's not. You're talking literally a couple of inches either side of the post. But when you look back on the highlights, you're like, well, that was going wide, that was going over. Yeah. It, it wasn't actually as close as it looked. People were talking about the uh, the handball and then the volley. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And people are like, oh, my God, you know, I can't believe he got pulled back for a handball. And it's like, well, he still hit the crossbar and it went over. He didn't yeah. go in. So yeah. um, I'm not as worried, I think, as people think we should be because I feel like we controlled, we allowed them to get a little bit of play. And mm -hmm. I fully expect on Saturday we will start the game 
the way we finished the game. We will try and manage it. We will try and allow them to play, but we'll control where. And if they get a goal, I think we'll revert to how we started the game. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I think it'll be the opposite way around this time. Um, if we get that second goal, if we get the goal first at Carlisle, mm-hmm. then I'm, I think that's it. I think we will turn it on at that point because I feel like the wind will just get sucked out of that place. Like it would have done last night, I think, if we'd have gone one down. Yeah. Have they got any changes? Like Amelish and Gordon back? Nope. No. Dennis didn't start yesterday, came on and, and didn't seem to do no. much, which uh, is surprising. We brought Jordan Gibson on. Um, and Jordan Gibson used to play for Bradford, so there's a bit of a, a rivalry there. Like it's, yeah. it's been quite hate. Like it's been a lot of hate between the two. But when he came on last night, he is by far their most creative player. <laughs> uh, so we we couldn't believe that he didn't start. But he didn't start when they played us in the league. But he did the same in the league. Came off the bench with ten minutes to go and hit the post with the last kick of the game. Mm-hmm. He is a very creative player, and he loves to play Bradford. <laughs> uh, my worry from them is Owen Moxon. He's a yeah. Phenomenal player, highest rated player in League Two, according to yeah. who scored today. I think Andy Cook was third. Just you know, throwing that out there. Who was second? Pierre Gianni. Oh, so not a Stockport player then. No, uh, but they were like <laughs> six and seven. Both Hussey and Wotton were in there. So what about Kyle Noyle? Because Kyle Noyle's a phenomenal. No, nowhere no, no, seen. I don't know whether his shift from Doncaster to Stockport's affected the yeah. way that they score ratings and things. But no, he's. He, I've not seen him in anything in terms of those end of season things. No. Well, I think, like? I think I think Carlisle. Look, they're a good side. They're up there for a reason. Um, last night wasn't for them. It really wasn't. It wasn't a, a great game for them in any way. Um, but I think that they've obviously got something about them. They, they can turn this around. I hope they don't, and I hope that we get that first goal. I feel like that first goal is going to be key. If we get it, then our confidence will shoot because we've we've not done that at Carlisle in so mm. long. Or like I say, once in nine games, we've scored at Carlisle. If we get a goal and it's before they have a chance to get one, it'll be, this is different. This is yeah. going to be a different story this time. And I would love if the first time since 1985, we've beat them to be the one that sends us to Wembley. Yeah, it feels like a, a record to be broken. It's It's yeah. been there long enough. It's fine. Yeah. You had another fan on the pitch. So you had crew with the Pyros that we talked about earlier. And then, and, I mean, we we obviously had our own issues on Saturday yeah. night. What, what they, what, why do they think that this is going to help Bradford in any way, shape or form? Or is it just mindless? We've we've got a new breed of fans. Obviously, the, the, the attendances have been going up and up and up. So yeah. we're getting these new fans. And to be fair, the ones with the pyros, they're, they're all school kids. They go mm-hmm. to a high school in Bradford. Um, mm-hmm. So they are only young, but they don't understand the significance of what they're doing. They yeah. they keep saying, like, when you try and challenge them on it, they, they start doing the no pyro, no party. And you're like, yeah. no, you, you are letting off smoke bombs in a concourse yeah. where there are people who survived the fire. Please, you know, yeah. that of all clubs, yeah. we're not the one. Um, but last night, he uh, he ran on to celebrate, and I think he thought the players were going to kind of embrace him, and, <laughs> and no one did. No. And then a steward tried to kick him, and he, he realised at that point the only way he could go was into the Carlisle fans. And when he got there, <laughs> he just froze. And he put his hands up, and then the stewards just 
picked him up and dragged him off the pitch. And, no. But how silly do you have to be? Because hypothetically, as it stands now, we're going to Wembley in two weeks mm -hmm. and he's, he's not, not going. No. Imagine throwing it away for going one nil up at home against Carlisle. Yeah. It, I could understand that, you know, if it was that was the second leg and we'd scored in the 90th yeah. minute to win it, yeah. there'd probably been everybody on. Yeah. But not going one nil up after it 17 minutes really in the first. Yeah. yeah. Especially after the 10 minutes at Crew and the impact that that had, I, it felt like a really odd, a really thankfully, odd choice to make. But... Well, thankfully, that 10 minutes at Crew made no difference to our season whatsoever. No. I'm very pleased about. <laughs> um, but no, do you know what? It is what it is. We've all every club's got them. No one's defending him. Like I think that's the good thing about us. Like we we're not yeah. defending him. Which you know what? Get him out. He's gone. He's not coming back. He got mm -hmm. caught. Let's yeah. just let's just move on and let's let's go to Carlisle and let's not let let's not let silly little things be the center of attention. You know, Carlisle fans are doing it, and I and I hate to say it because it's it they really don't need to, but Carlisle fans are focusing on I think the wrong things from last night. Yeah, um, I saw a lot about Garner and Critchlow and yeah. oh well there's a yeah, Garner and Critchlow. Um it was a little off the ball, but it was literally a shoulder to shoulder thing. That's all it was. Mm -hmm. Garner ran into Critchlow and Critchlow stood his ground and Garner dropped to the floor. But there's a Carlisle fan saying that it was a uh, common assault. <laughs> he, he literally said to me it was that the police he's asked the police to get him, and I'm like, Oh no, all over. And Carlisle fans are saying that obviously Gordon was yeah. He was banned yes. because of a similar thing. And yeah. they're, they're tweeting out and tagging the EFL and they're saying, well, why is Critchlow not, Critchlow not getting banned? And my response was, that's the wrong argument. Yeah. The Maybe. argument is, why is he? Yeah. The argument should be, why did we, like, get? if you want consistency, that's fine. But the consistency yeah. shouldn't be that they both get banned. It should be neither. Yeah. But, yeah, look, you know what? Is what it is. We move on. We go on Saturday. And with it. that in mind, score prediction time. Mm, I'm, do you know what? I'm going to be brave. I'm going to go 1-0 Bradford. Oh, I was going to be braver and go 2-0 Bradford. I like your style. Well, that, I, I mean, I grudgingly like your Salford one, but all I can think about in my head now is like that we would need for mine no, oh, three well yeah yeah well I, I like how i'm more confident in your team than you are and you're yeah. more confident <laughs> than i am uh, everyone that i speak to at the moment is more confident in stop for stop for what's abilities than mine but i've i'm battle scarred from like the 90s and play you've got to be and... you've got to be very very careful in football because yeah. you end up looking silly so i'll go one well, not just that i'm just protecting my little stopport sad heart Protecting your stop <laughs> You dominated the National League last season and you've gone into the playoffs this season. Oh, my, oh was, do you know what? Actually, and loads of county fans have said this the end of this season has been an absolute dream compared mm -hmm. to last season. I didn't sleep. We lost to Boreham Woods, I don't know, with about three or four games to go. And I didn't sleep pretty much then until yeah. Halifax. Oh, I think I, I relaxed slightly after Torquay. But yeah, this this by contrast, it's been an absolute breeze. Loved your football. It was your free hit season. It was your first season back. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Well, look, we've reached the end of... Yeah. Are we just calling this episode one? I think we are. Are we calling it playoff special? I don't know. The the playoff preview pilot. 
Is that what it's called? I don't know. It sounds awful. Let's not call it that. We'll just the call it episode one. We'll just call it PPP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, guys, thank you. I don't know how we're going to do this. Let's. We'll just. We'll wing it. Let's wing it. Thank you very much for listening. This has been. I've enjoyed this. This has been. Yeah, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Uh, don't forget to give us a follow. We are on Twitter at the Real EFL One. Which makes me wonder, was there an at the real EFL? I'm gonna go. I feel like I'm gonna go and find them. Yeah. The questions that need to be answered. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered. <laughs> I feel like people will have more questions after this than they do uh, <laughs> than they do answers. Um we, everything that as far as articles and things like that that go out from the real EFL, they're all available on the website, which is the real EFL.co.uk. Um and yeah, this is gonna be a more regular thing. We're gonna try and I think do this weekly when the season starts, yeah. hopefully, but at the minute. Um, Season's coming to an end, so we're going to see how it goes. But, yeah, guys, thank you very much. Hannah, do you want to say goodbye and say thank you and do what you do? Thank you and goodbye. Thank you and goodbye. Like, I was like properly newsreader voice. It was. You just need papers this. in front of you to shuffle it. I know, yeah. Thank you and yeah. night. Cheers. Thank you. Oh. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share box on the go. And you know what? Your mates already got booked for double dipping. But then later on, you steal in, grab the last nugget and snatch all three points. Perfect. Why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app? Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.